the first service he gave like a disclaimer like this like it's adam he's kind of funny self-deprecating so just just be with him second service is a little bit nicer uh but uh yeah pastor ryan asked me to preach and i it's an honor to preach every time and it's it's fun too and sometimes we are in a series sometimes we're not so we're not this time so i get to kind of preach on what i want to talk about and I, like most pastors, I guess, it kind of starts from your kids, your, what you're learning with your kids. And Eli, my middle child, he, he's learning sports, and he wants to play sports, and he thinks he's the greatest at every sport he plays. So as we, we play baseball in the backyard, we throw, he's the best at catching and hitting. He can't hit my fastball, but he's good. You know, he, we, we watch soccer. He wants to go out, and we have these nets in the backyard, and kicks the ball and he's he has no left foot but he's good he's the best he says you know he, he thinks he's the best and so it got me thinking I, I talked to a friend I said what is greatness as a Christian what is greatness what what are qualities of greatness and we came up with a list and we had some good ones on there you know how to drive a stick shift I know how to drive a stick shift put it on there you're great if you know how to drive a stick shift that's just how that is you know how to drive in the snow. Not a lot of people down here know how to do that, but I know how to do that. So I put on there how to dr- how to cook a steak and stuff like that. But as we broke down what what is greatness, we have we came up with a list, and we you know we have a whole bunch of stuff. And I kind of pulled five. This is not by any means a good list. The five best things. These are just five things that we came up with. That's what you guys want to hear. You're going to come listen to me talk about five things that aren't the best, but they're just okay. But these are five things that we came up with that we think are good qualities for greatness, especially in a, in a person and a Christian is something that I think we should all strive to be again in a month, in a year. The five things will change. You ask me 20 minutes after service, they'll probably change a little bit. But these are just five things that I hope maybe one of them you guys you can learn from and one of them you can you said, man, I could do this a little bit better. So the first one is this. I think it, the first one is we know how to keep the peace. I think I think that one of the things that in my family that I've had to learn to do, especially with my kids, you know, Harper went to camp last week and it was her first time away, so it's just Eli and Brooks, and that's just, that's my two boys, and that's not a normal combination. Normally, it's not them. And there's a lot more fighting, a lot more competition. Brooks is three, Eli's seven. I think that's their ages, maybe two and six. I don't know, but that's close enough. <laughs> they're close enough, the right ages, to where they're Eli likes to do what he considers parkour, which is jumping off the couch. And uh, he asked me, then Brooks tries to do it, and Brooks falls, and, and Eli, it's just a thing. And they fight. And it's just one of those things that I've had to learn as a parent how to keep the peace and just say, yeah, you're good, but yeah, he's good too, and yeah, you're great. And just, you know, those are the white lies that every parent says. They're all, everyone's great. I love you all equally. But we've learned to keep the peace. But I, I think overall, keeping the peace is important in Matthew 5 5 9 says this blessed are the peacemakers for they were called children child of God Proverbs 16 7 it says this the man's ways please the Lord he makes he makes even his enemies be at peace with him I think so many times we're interested in examining an opponent's viewpoint and trying to win the argument that we've lost the ability for empathy with others and we put compromise as one of those bad words Sometimes, it, sometimes 
sometimes it, it's good to stick to your pr- principles, and I believe that God has called us to be steadfast to his principles, but this doesn't mean we get to be a jerk to people. Sometimes our boldness is interpreted as coldness. When our boldness is interpreted as coldness, we are not doing the right things. And what I want, what I want us to understand is this, that I, I do think that there is a, a, a time to be right, but I do think there's a time to keep relationship. I think there is a time in every in every in every situation that it is you can be right and you can have no friends, you can have no relationship, or you can just compromise. And again, by compromise, I need to preface this compromise doesn't mean give up your values, doesn't mean stop doing what God's called you to do or or what what godly principles. But man, it doesn't. You don't always have to be right. Sometimes you need to value just the relationship. But I do because I do think in in the people's lives there's a point where they need they'll need that relationship. That I have friends and family that I know are doing wrong, that I, I keep the relationship with them, that I do not go on the offensive and attack them, because I know that we'll need, they'll need someone in their corner at one point, at one point of their day. And I want to be that person. I want to be the person that says, no, they've always, I'm always here for them. The second thing is this. Who you surround yourself with matters. As a, as a youth, I, I was told this my whole life. I was probably one of the kids that parents told them, hey, don't hang out with that kid. That kid's a bad kid. And uh, I said that in first service. I, man, I'm, I just embarrassed now. But I, I listened to bad music. By bad music, it was just really just terrible music. Not just like bad. It was just, it was just terrible music. Uh, I just listened to like, um, and I just painted my nails and, and I don't even know. I just looked like an idiot. I, I was like a goth and I don't even know what they, do they have people dressed up like goth anymore? Okay. They shouldn't. But. They they do, but I was that kid. I I had the the Jinko jeans that the legs were like thirty five inches and like and stuff like that, you know. And then you have to walk in the rain and your weight it was just, it was just bad to get really heavy. And you'd have like I would have like the wallet chains. You go to Ace Hardware and get the wallet the the chains and you get them. And I, I don't know why I, I didn't lose my wallet ever, but I didn't. I I just didn't. Maybe that's why, but. But I would have spikes, and I would have spike necklaces, and we would have all these things, and, you know, I could paint my nails, and I could do my eyeliner better than most girls at the time in middle school and high school. Um, but ultimately, I think I was the kid that most parents were like, hey, don't hang around with that kid, and I get it. I get that 100%. But even as an adult, who you surround yourself with matters. I, I, think, I think letting people speak into your life is one of the most critical things you can be – protective of in your adult life going out for coffee with people i've seen more destruction and people going out for coffee just for just for coffee and letting people speak negatively into their lives than i have in in a lot of other studies and bible studies and stuff like that you get the wrong group of people together and ne- you let negativity fester and just grows what happens is it, it always brings destruction you need people that speak life into you i i heard a pastor said you want to surround yourself with people that put gasoline on your dreams and put water on the fires of your fears. You, you want you want people in your life that that are there that can give you sound advice. I I know I have Bible verses for this one. Yep, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says this: One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs twelve twenty six says this: The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. I would say I would be more careful 
with if you want to do good, and I think we all want to do good. As a kid, I grew up wanting to play sports. I wanted to be a baseball player, a basketball player, a football player, and I don't want to. I didn't want to ride the bench. I, I told, um, I, I, I don't know if I've told the story in here. I've been six years. I've probably heard all my stories already. But I broke my finger one year playing basketball. I punched the ground. I wasn't playing. I punched the ground. That just don't punch the ground, but I did. I punched the ground, broke my pinky. And then um, I couldn't play anymore. I was out. But I could go to practice, and I could run at practice. And look at me. I don't like running ever. And uh, so I, I had to run. And I realized basketball is not fun if you're not actually playing basketball. Like running, the running side of basketball is not the fun part of basketball. It's not. And I realized that playing a sport is only fun if you're actually playing the sport. Like I would do the whole like dress up. We had, we had to wear like a suit and tie or like a tie, I think. I don't know. To the away games, we do all stuff. We got out of school early and we'd go to the game. And I, I loved all that. Loved hanging out on the bus with the friends. But the game was actually boring. I didn't care. I didn't care who won or lost. I didn't care how my friends did. I was probably a bad teammate. But I just, I just didn't care. I wanted to play the game. And it, it just ultimately, it's just not fun if you're not doing it. And I, I think, I, I, I think what you understand is this, that you need to be doing, doing the things. And the next thing is this, and the next point is this, failure isn't the end. Knowing, know, knowing failure isn't the end. Some of the greatest people in the Bible all messed up royally. All, they all had people in their life that realistically you probably wouldn't want them in your house. We've talked about David. We talked about you know, Solomon. We talked about Moses. We talked about Samson. We talked to these people. But most of them are murderers and most of them are people that you would not actually want in your house. But they all got used by God greatly. I think what stops us most of the time in our life is we understand our failures and we let we stop God from moving us to the next thing because we can't get over the thing, the failure we just had. I, I think understanding this is understanding this principle is key to understanding life. Understanding that you're gonna mess up, you're not perfect. What you see on Facebook, what you see on Instagram, what you see on uh, even when you talk to people, you're not gonna see the real them. You're, even your best friend, you're not going to know their deepest, darkest secrets. You're not going to know the things. You're just not going to know it. But ultimately, get back up and move on. Proverbs twenty four sixteen says this, For though righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when, tent, when penalty strikes. I think we roll ourselves out for the next thing God has for us because we don't get back up again. David again is one of the, the people in, in the Bible that I look at and I, and I, I love I, I, I don't understand David because man, David did everything wrong in a lot of ways but they, David did everything right in a lot of ways and God still used him and I'm like wow if there's hope for David there's hope for me I, you look at these people in the Bible and you say wow these people they must have had something special but they're normal people I, I love the disciples they on the on the way to Jesus I mean I'm thinking too fast. On the way to Jerusalem, they're arguing about who's going to sit next to Jesus in heaven. And Jesus is telling them, like, hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. They're like, well, Jesus, but like, who's going to sit next to you in heaven? Like, they're not getting it. They're not understanding the point of all this. They're not understanding what Jesus is, the whole point of Jesus coming. They're trying to get, they're trying, they're just messing up time and time again. 
them in the garden when they're supposed to be praying, they fall asleep, they mess up time, time again. But for you and for me, and maybe just maybe it's just me, but I feel so much guilt and shame when I mess up. I stop letting God do anything in my life because I feel like I'm not good enough. And the reality is I'm not good enough, but he, his grace is sufficient. Knowing this, the next thing is this, knowing that we are, we are not competing with anyone but ourselves. But yourselves. I think one of the things in my life that, you know, Ryan talked about me in the hospital. I was in the hospital, I think a month, maybe a month and a half. I think pretty much all of July, maybe some of June or all of July. Um, it gives you a lot of time to think. I was in the hospital. I've been, unfortunately, I've been in the hospital like that a couple times for long periods of time. You get to think, and you kind of think of if onlys, the what ifs in your life when you, all you can do is sit there. And you, you kind of think about, man, what if I did this? What if this happened? I think we, you probably all do that. Maybe it keeps you up at night. Maybe something, you know, when you're driving, you kind of think about, what if I just did this? What if this decision happened? And, and I, I'm, I come to the understanding that most of the time when you, uh, you interview, when they interview celebrities, and they, they, they f- you find them in the deepest and darkest places in their lives, n- not happy with where they are. But we look at them and we say, man, they have everything we want. There's, there's a very interesting interview with Dak Shepard, and he's a, um, he's a movie star, I guess, actor. He, um, he, was, he played in this movie, and he just got out of rehab, and they asked him, they asked him all these questions, and he said, I found myself in an airport at a bar in my airport just drinking, and he said, I realized I had everything that I wanted in life. I had all the money. I had a movie star girlfriend or wife. He said, I had a million dollars in my bank account. I was, people recognized me. I had all the fame, everything. He realized I wanted none of it. I just wanted to be well. And I think what we realize is this. We, we value, we base ourselves off of other people. I know I do this. I base myself off of how the people are, what I see them do, how the churches are. And you, you kind of look, you look at life and you look at, and what if I had this? What if this happened? You know, I, I make the joke all the time. I, I tell, I tell just, just this. And what what if, like, let's just pray to God that, that God will give me all the money in the world and I'll, I'll do really well with it. I promise God. And it, it, he never answers it. I think it'd be. I don't think the IRS would be really like happy if like a couple million dollars just showed up my bank account. I don't know if they would believe that either. I don't know if I would believe that. If that, I would be scared to spend it. But ultimately. You, you judge yourself based off other people. You, we look at other things and say, man, what if I had this? What if this happened? And, and I'm convinced of this, that all you're called to do is be a better version of you than you were a week ago, a year ago. You're called to just improve yourself whatever in the ways God tells you to improve yourself. One of the, the, one of the, the foundational things that I believe for me as a person is to teach is identity in Christ to teach people who they are and how God sees them. And, I, and I, when, I, when people understand that they are sons and daughters of Christ and they now they sit with him in heavenly places. Now, I understand that, that it's not a cockiness or a boldness, but now you sit with him in heavenly places. You know, in, in Psalms it says that he provides a table for you in the midst of his enemies. He provides a table for you and you can feast at his table. And, and understand that, that he, that means he has, he provides everything he needs for you. Understanding who your father is, understanding who God is. We sing songs 
and when we say stuff, but I don't understand when 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 trials hit, when when storms hit, it, we really don't understand. And I, it, having a kid has been the, one of the greatest things for me to understand God, because when the storms hit or when they're scared, they don't they they come to me or they come to Jessica and they just want to be close. So they understand that no, they don't they know I can't control the storm. They know whatever happens, we'll take care of it. Whatever happens. So understanding who your father is, understanding who your identity is in Christ is one of the greatest things you can do as a Christian. And the last thing is this, if the band can come up, is knowing that all this is impossible without Jesus. Matthew 19.26 says this, this is for looking. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And what, what I need you to understand and what I want you to understand is this, that ultimately to be great, and that, that doesn't mean either to be a great parent, great friend, great person, to do to make a difference, you have to have Jesus at the center. You have to. There's just no way this works without it. You know, you can get to work for a little bit, but it will it will fall and crash. Ultimately, you need Jesus. Ultimately, you need Him at the center of it. And if all this, what we're, and this is how I want to end this. And ultimately, I wish we could go. We could. I could spend time with every one of you and, and talk to you and. and remind you how Jesus sees you and, and walk you through whatever issue is, but you're going to have to do that in your own. You're going to have to take responsibility for how God is in your life. But the beauty of Jesus is that he's always just one step away. It doesn't matter how much you've walked away from him. It doesn't matter how much you've turned your back. He's one step away. possible without Jesus, but greatness is not. And so, uh, at the end, we're, we're gonna, I just want to invite anyone who doesn't know him, well, there'll be pastors up here to pray for you, to receive him and, and, and introduce you to Jesus. But for us, and now just to, to take some time and focus on him. I was talking to Jason before first service about Boy Scout camp, and it was one of the, the fun things I did all summer growing up. I went to Boy Scout camp, and we do these merit badges, and we do compassing.
in the song, and we're going to end in prayer. But during the song, just take your time and reflect. And we'll be, there'll be pastors up here afterwards if you want prayer for anything. We'll be here to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. But we're going to just kind of use this as the dismissal. Sunday.